I'm really happy to be here with you today. <clears throat> and we are neighbors. We're neighbors because of you. We're neighbors because of the land you so generously donated to us to give us the opportunity to build our, our building over here. Um, a building that is my third building with the organization in the last 13 years, but if you know where we started, um, this building was desperately needed to serve the numbers of people that we serve and, and we could not, I mean, you just started the ball rolling for us and we're so grateful. And now as you see, we're nearing completion of our second building to expand the ministries, to expand the clothing ministry to the community and expand the um, medical ministry that we have as well too. So we're neighbors because of your generosity, because your love for this community, because your love for, for God to want to continue his ministry over there. So in your quest to go and make disciples, you are doing that right across the street and we just love you and, and thank you again um, for that. I mean, it's, I just, it's amazing. So I'm gonna start off by saying this first. <clears throat> I am not a pastor. When, uh, 13 years ago when I was running the meal ministry at our building on Walnut, uh, we, did, we did devotions before the meal, right? And that was mine to take over, to read scripture and try to explain it to someone. Oh my gosh, I was like paranoid. Fortunately, I had an NIV life application study Bible that gave me notes at the bottom that got me through all that. And it was pretty incredible. I mean, we started out reading, we were just gonna read straight through the Bible. And I'll tell you, when I, when I came up and I was in, I don't know, first or second Kings, I said, oh my gosh, this is, oh my gosh. We're going to the New Testament, guys. We're just going to the New Testament. We just need to understand the new covenant of Jesus Christ and his love for us and how we need to move forward. And once I did that, it was great. We know most of the New Testament was written by Paul. Well, Paul can be a little confusing in his writing, especially to someone who hasn't studied and, and gone to school to understand how he's, how he's preaching. But I'm, I don't know, I'm partway in, I don't know, Ephesians, Colossians, I don't even remember. And I'm reading um, from the scriptures and it's like the light bulb went off on top of my head. And that light bulb was, oh my gosh, I'm making Paul too complicated. Pa Paul was, was simple in his, one, love for, for God, but loving people. And when I understood that Paul was talking to us today, even though his letters were written to many different churches, he was talking to us today because he loved all of us. He knew that the words that he was writing, God inspired, would be relevant to a future generation. And I don't think he imagined that it would be 2,000 years later because everybody was always talking about the second coming of Christ. And since we still don't know that, it could still be another 2,000 years. You know, we don't know. The scriptures just say, be ready. So I chose 2 Timothy 1. Um, because this is what we've been studying in my church, and so it makes it a little bit easier for me to talk to you just a little bit about that. 
But as we talk about the scriptures and we talk about Paul, we're also going to talk about some stories from next door. Stories over my 13 years of working people in all types of different situations and all different types of circumstances in their lives and the success stories of how, how they found the Lord and how they changed their lives. So I'm going to start in um, 2 Timothy. Actually, I'm going to back up a little bit, and I think I'm going to go to um, start in verse 3. I thank God, whom I serve as my ancestors with a clear conscience, as I remember you consistently in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see that I may, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan the flame, the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And possibly, Paul is saying here, when I anointed you into um, the ministry, you the Holy Spirit provided gifts to you to use. And we all have our spiritual gifts. They're all very, very different. And, and they can change over the years. Just because you have a spirit of hospitality, <clears throat> excuse me, doesn't mean that that's your gift for the rest of your life. Because as you grow and draw closer to Jesus, he may give you other gifts that you are supposed to share with others and, and to use for his honor and his glory. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. So we know that Paul is writing this letter to Timothy, possibly the last letter that he writes before his death. He knows it's, it's coming, he's not sure when, and yet he inspires me because of all of the ministry he did while in prison. I don't think when he, he became a Christian and, and he, he felt that his, um, his whole ministry would be in prison, but a majority of it was. And he wrote many of these books to inspire the rest of us while he was in prison for his faith. But he also used that time not to minister to us, but to minister to the people that he was in prison with as well too. So he says, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith 
and love that are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit dwells within us, guard the good deposit trusted to you. And that's the truth of the scriptures. So Timothy, as a young pastor, had his struggles, just like all of us do. I can only imagine the early churches back then, um, they, they were full of excitement, and yet Christians were persecuted. And people struggled just as we do today. I mean, when you read books about the Roman times, I mean, the, the sins that were being committed at that time were great, just like we see now and we've seen over all of these many years. And when you go through World War I and World War II and the atrocities done to man, we're a sinful, sinful people. And the inspiration from Paul is this, no matter our circumstances, no matter what's going on in our life, we have the ability to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. He gave us gifts that we're supposed to use for his honor and glory. Fan that flame, the gift of God. Hold fast to the truth. What is the truth these days? What, what, what is true? This is true. I believe with all my heart that these words are true. When we read these words before um, the meals and devotions, it's, it's amazing how you can apply them to something that, that happened today um, in our lives. When we do devotions with the men, women, and children that come into Refuge of Hope for meals, we talk a lot about the love of Christ, but we talk about the responsibility of us to seek him out, to build a relationship with him, to confess our sins, that he's what's important. You know, a lot of times people who live in the culture of poverty, I'll, I'll explain this to you just, just briefly. There's a, a book written by Dr. Ruby Payne and she studies generational poverty. And she's identified some hidden rules within the cultures, the culture of poverty, the culture of middle class, and the culture of wealthy. And she describes in, in this possessions. What are possessions? So what are possessions with the wealthy? Well, that one-of-a-kind Maserati or that villa in, in France or, you know, artwork, but those, those very expensive things that I can't, even, I can't even imagine and think about. And in the middle class, it tends to be our homes, our cars, our boats, motorcycles, you know, possessions like that. These are possessions. Do you know what possessions are in the culture of poverty? People. People are their possessions because they've never experienced the rest of that. And this is all they know is their family dynamic. So when someone goes to break out of the culture of poverty, it's very challenging because the people that will hold them back are their family and their friends or people who they think are their friends. So when we talk about relationship building, when we talk about breaking out of our cycles, when we talk about hope for a better life, that hope lies in a relationship with, with Jesus Christ. And that's the only way 
only way that we can phrase that. There's a young man right now who, who struggles. Um, his name is James, and he came back to us last fall. He stayed with us in 2017, I believe. Uh, came up here because of a cougar scheme. We're familiar with that, right? On the internet, some lady lured him up here. He had some social security money, that all fell through, and he found himself homeless. Well, that was in a severe winter in 2017, we had to. Till he found us, because he came from Kansas, till he found us, um, by the time he found us, actually, he had severe frostbite on his, on his toes. And I remember him walking around the mission for, um, for several weeks with slippers on because shoes were too painful. And as he grew and got to know us a little bit, um, you could see some of what we were talking about in the meal ministry coming to light in his life about a relationship with Jesus and what that was going to look like. And he said he had a goal. His goal, he wanted to run... Um, in a marathon. Well, now we're in the spring, the Hall of Fame marathon was coming up and we had a relationship with um, Jim Cheney and that group and they gave him a free registration to run the 0.5K. And that was a goal for him and we bought him new tennis shoes because you had to have proper tennis shoes to be involved in the, in the 5K. And he ran that and he came in fifth in his, his age group or something and it was quite an accomplishment and a goal and James ended up moving to, um, to, to Florida after that. Well recently, last fall, James came back to us because his heart and desire is he wanted to, um, he said a couple different things. One, he wanted to work for Refuge of Hope and two, he needed to seek out a, uh, a doctor for a medical condition that he had. But when he came back, because he was so familiar with everything and because he has a heart to serve, that's one of his spiritual gifts and he recognizes that, he found a way that he could help us out in the clothing ministry. So for right now, we're overcrowded with clothing in, in our current building, but we have donors who generously want to give and we have guests who need and so we've taken part of the dining room and put up racks and have been given away clothing and blankets and coats and all of these things. And James just became this integral part in, in helping, helping to do that. Now James has since, he has his own apartment and still comes back to, uh, to volunteer with us. And we're so grateful for his heart and his love and, and he recognizes his gifts and he just wants to be the part we help support his faith on, on a daily basis. You know, we often say over there, you, you can't make this stuff up. The things that we witness and see every day, we see miracles every single day. In our, um, in our first building, when I was the meal ministry uh, director there, uh, is when they had the Hall of Fame concert and fireworks, they brought them down to Walnut and downtown here. And they had vendors all set up in front of our mission building. And it's like, well, how are people going to get down here for the meal? But we figured that out. And how can we make our guests feel a part of all of that's going on right down in their city and, and where they are? So we came up with a way that we would do some sack lunches. We would be kind of a hub for them all evening they could come and get water and we had treats and candy and we gave them their lunches they could walk around or their dinners they could walk around and eat. 
And, and that was just an, an amazing time to, to reach out, just to reach out to people and make them feel part of our community. But at that time, I have to tell you, it was early, early on, and the meal ministry budget was like only like $350 a month or something to feed all the people we were feeding. I didn't have a lot. I mean, I got the bread donated, I got the meat donated, I got all these things donated, but I just didn't have enough money to go to Sam's Club and buy cookies because they're expensive up there. And my budget just wouldn't allow it. So one of the residents was helping me in the kitchen and helping me prepare all of this. And I said, boy, we just need to pray for a cookie donation. You know, we just need God to have a, give us a miracle here. We just need, a, just for the people that we're serving, right? So two things happened that day. One, the Hall of Fame from one of their other events gave us a whole bunch of ice cream. So that's like ice cream Sundays for the fireworks. We're, we're all set, because we had a front row seat. But the next thing he came in and he said, Miss Joanne, you're not going to believe this. So what? And he said, we just got a donation of cookies in. And it's like, yeah, see? God cares about the little things. Now, that's not one of the bigger miracles that he's ever performed. We understand that. But for us at that time, it was. And it was a way to minister to that resident who was helping me out. That God cares about this. God cares about the people who are down here. We, we care. This, this building, to move into this building debt-free, was a miracle from God. The way the community came and backed us for, for this building to expand. I mean, we were in our building nine months. Man, we were up and running. We had all these beds now. We had a bigger kitchen. We were serving all these people in the dining room. And we ran right into that COVID wall, just like everybody else did. But you know, if you guys hadn't donated the property when you did, and us take the next steps and take a, a leap of faith, I mean, seriously, getting out of the boat, taking a leap of faith that we were going to raise all the money we needed for that building, right? It's just that, that steady progression of faith. And now the second building to expand the ministries because we know that we, we have to do that too. And the more people that we can touch and reach, the better chance they have in changing their lives. We all have choices and decisions to make every single day. And I don't know how some people do it without Jesus standing right here. I just, I don't. And when we have our prayer partners and we talk with our guests, and sometimes they just want to talk. That's all they want to do. They just need someone to listen to them for a little bit. It's such an amazing opportunity amazing opportunity. Will I see any seed that I've planted come to fruition over there? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. That's not what I'm called to do. I'm called to plant the seeds. Jesus will do the rest. Opportunities. God gives us many, many opportunities to, to witness and to minister to other people. And we have some really cool opportunities coming up in our clothing ministry. The clothing ministry is, we struggled with a name for this 
Um, and clothing ministry seems to be the best thing because we'll incorporate ministry into giving clothes away. So we thought about what, what we're gonna name this room where all these clothes and these shoes and these blankets and these household items are. So you can't call it a store because some people think they're coming into shop and when you say those two things, they think there's money's gonna exchange hands. Well, that's not the case. Everything that we do at Refuge of Hope is free. The services are free, the programs are free to the people that we serve. So that's just not gonna happen. So we simply called it a giveaway center. But how cool is this opportunity that we now have space that we need volunteers to come in and help sort down the clothing? Or better yet, on the hours when we're open for people to come in to shop free, when they come in to help them select the clothing, a personal shopper, so to speak, a time to to minister to them, to build relationships, because we anticipate the number of people coming down to increase by this. So what we are doing here is not just for Refuge of Hope people. That's, that's not what we're about, the community. We have agencies who want to come down and they'll send people down to us. This person needs a coat. This person needs boots. Can you help? Yeah, sure, we can help. Send them on down. Okay, um, so we want other agencies to partner with us as well. We're so thrilled about how God is working to expand these ministries over there. There's volunteering in the kitchen. We have one couple that comes in and they volunteer not to serve, they volunteer working in the actual kitchen and we receive this huge donation of apples and she's a baker. And man, she's like on that. We had apple crisp, made apple pies, and we got some 25 pound bags of um, angel food cake mix, which we don't bake because we don't have time. We're too busy preparing, you know, proteins and starch and vegetables and all of that. So she took that home and made some angel food cake um, as well to bring back for, for desserts. So there's many different ways that you can um, you can volunteer, you get involved. One of the biggest things that you can do is, is pray. You can pray for the people that we serve. You don't need to know them. God knows them. God knows what their circumstances are, what their situations are. And, and he, he will work in their lives. But lift us up in prayer. Um, we, we, we desperately need that. And I will tell you this, we pray every Wednesday as a staff and we will start lifting your church up in prayer for the direction that, that you guys are seeking God's wisdom for in, in what you want to do, what you want to do next, or what's in your future. Um, so we will continue to pray for you. Since we're kind of an intimate group here, and I, we are kind of running down on time, but does anybody have any questions that we can, I can answer questions if you have any. Don't be shy and bashful. It's okay. I encourage you to, to come over and if you have not already toured the building, when we get the other building open, I encourage you to come over as well. Uh, we were so blessed that one family that had given us a large amount for a second building, a large um, financial gift, I said, do you want your name 
on the outside of the building like we have on this building. And he said, no, 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 no. We just want to remain anonymous. And I said, well, what about your family scripture on the outside of the building instead? And he said, now that we can go along with. So that's how we got scripture on the outside of our building um, because in lieu of having their name on the building, they wanted to um, still proclaim the gospel, the truth. The truth is what we know right here. And the truth is, um, I don't know. I, I just, my, I write in my Bible. I, this is, this is my, my work because it, it helps me. But I think through all of this, we need to guard the scriptures that were written for us. And we need to be rooted in God's word. And I will close in prayer and hopefully I didn't go. They told me originally, I had three or four hours, they were gonna bring in lunch, we'd have lunch, we'd take a nap, we'd come back to it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, pardon? <laughs> I think that kind of fell apart with the snow. I'm not sure. But I'll just offer uh, a quick prayer and then you, you do your, your closing. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Father, you woke us all up this morning. And you woke us up because you had a purpose for our lives. Lord, I just thank you for working in my life. If somebody would have told me, Lord, that um, 25 years ago that I'd be working in ministry, that I'd be standing in front of this group speaking today and preaching and from your word, I would have said they were crazy. But God, you can do many miracles of all different sizes because you love us. And Father, you've gifted us You've gifted us with spiritual gifts that we can use to help spread your ministry to others. And I pray, Lord, that we will look inside ourselves, identify those gifts, and Father, use them for your honor and your glory. And Father, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.